Mission 2, San Jose Avenue. From our 901 Mission Street studios, you are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. But I think it's been, I mean, that's why people feel like the, this whole experience, people are like, I felt so well taken care of. And other words, like, it was like Disney World, but less lines, you know. Um, and from the beginning, it's just been a happy place to be here. So... Is that uh, Fauci, is that, I've never met him, is that to scale? No, he's really, he's like my height, actually. I think this is a little tall for him. Welcome to Total SF, Heather Knight, and our most remote episode yet in the pandemic, a tour through Moscone Center, the happiest place on earth? I think it is. It's the city's main mass vaccination center. Thousands of people have gone through to get vaccinated and restart their lives. You and I had not gotten vaccinated there and we're a little bit jealous, I think. So we got a tour of the site and there's no Pirates of the Caribbean. But I will say that I was glad to not hear It's a Small World among all the happy songs they play. I was thrilled, too. It seemed like it might have been in place there. Um, We went to Oakland Coliseum, which was kind of weird. We went at the exact same time, which is on brand, but like (laughs) almost a little too on brand. So we got to meet Mary Ellen Carroll. She's our main guide. Someone whose work days have changed just incredibly through the pandemic. Yes, she's the city's director of the Department of Emergency Services. In normal times, she's running the 911 call center, uh, responding to crises like shootings, plane crashes, um, that sort of thing. Of course, um, preparing for the inevitable knock on wood, not too soon earthquake. But um, nobody could have foreseen the COVID-19 pandemic, certainly not Mary Ellen. And it's been her job for um, to lead the city's response to that, including running the Moscone Center mass vaccination site. Yeah, so we talk about that. We talk about earthquakes. Um, We also get this tour, which I'm excited to go back to museums. I'm excited to go to theaters. I was super excited to get into Moscone Center. I've written a little bit about it. I've heard about it, um, getting rave reviews, and it uh, it did not disappoint me. Yes, it is a very fun place. Um, I think it's much more fun than the normal uh, conference of ophthalmologists or whatever that would be there. So I was really happy to see it in its current state. Yeah, we'll just keep getting vaccinated there forever. Uh, <laughs> rubella, um, <laughs> uh, whatever uh, whatever else we're getting. Uh, Next tetanus shot at Moscone Center. <laughs> yeah. So we'll also hear from Mickey Fimbris, a high-energy site manager who works with Kaiser to keep things running there. We'll have a tour with Mickey and Mary Ellen first, and then we're going to sit down with Mary Ellen Carroll. I'm Peter Hartlob, here with Heather Knight, and this is Total SF. Thank you very much. So we walk into Moscone Center, Heather. Neither of us has been there since the pandemic started, and I thought the vibe was spectacular. Yeah, you've written about the soundtrack before. Um, You hear Shiny Happy People, um, that Kelly Clarkson song, Stronger. I mean, you can't be sad there. But the coolest thing we saw right when we walked in was this giant community art project. So they had been giving stickers out to people who got vaccinated with the time of their vaccination to track how long they need to you know, sit there and make sure that they don't collapse or whatever. Um, And they were worried that people would take those stickers and just like plaster them all over muni bus stops or 
um, just litter or whatever. And so they um, made this art project where people are adding their stickers and it's gotten so big that there's like arms coming off of this um, sticker monster. <laughs> it's yeah, very weird looking. Is, I think that's the formal name for it, the sticker monster, which hopefully will end up in the MoMA someday. Yeah, I think Mary Ellen said that the Smithsonian has expressed interest. So that would be awesome. Yeah, and and you know we're making the Disneyland comparisons, but Disneyland had like the A ticket rides and the E ticket rides when I was a little kid. Um, Seventy seven, I think, was the first year I went. The I was first, just a baby that year. You were just a baby. Point out that you're a little <laughs> younger than me. Um, the first E ticket ride for me was when we walk up and saw our first anthony fauci cardboard cutout so when we first opened the site uh, kaiser had one that wasn't as elaborate and they brought it from somewhere and it got so beat up that we were like wow we need to make more of these and so somebody on their team designed this graphic with the coronavirus and the whatnot and we made multiples and i don't know we could have doubled the amount we made and it still wouldn't be enough because everybody I mean, I guess here in this in our Bay Area, everybody really personifies Dr. Fauci and, you know, helping us, you know, fight coronavirus. So, like, everybody wants to take a picture with Fauci. Um, this particular Fauci got so beat up that we had to mount him to a sign because his everybody, they want to hug and they want to get close. And so... Everybody wants to a piece of Fauci, so so we really had to like take this one and beef him up because he was getting so beat up. Have I want. Stolen? That's one of my Nobody things. has, yeah. but but you know we got a lot of security. Obvious. Yeah, but but I'd be curious, like at, when when we go to load out sometime, yeah. hopefully this year, that what happens to him, right? Like, is everybody gonna want a Fauci for their for their home? So people enjoy the Fauci. Yeah. Oh. From the beginning, in fact, we had to get a Fauci for SF Market. Yeah. <laughs> That was a big deal because you can't have, Fauci can't just be at Moscone. That's really elitist. <laughs> so we brought, we had to bring um, Fauci over to SF Market. I don't know if we have one at City College because it's mostly drive-through, yeah. so it doesn't work quite as well. But yeah, he's our, he's our hero. <laughs> so, um... so that music you're hearing in the background and my new favorite workout song is Kim Wilde's You Keep Me Hanging On. <laughs> Uh, Heather, I think I heard some Donna Summer, Touch of Grey by The Grateful Dead. Might have been two Katy Perry songs there. Yeah, it was a great soundtrack. I think I want that Spotify playlist. They have it. They said they would share it with us. Yeah, it, it wasn't too crowded there. Um, so we it's almost like we heard the music even more. Also, people walking in and out, we just heard about the Anthony Fauci cardboard cutouts. So we had to wait to get our Fauci selfie, Heather, um, because there were a couple people there already getting a photo taken. And uh, again, I, I saw a lot of smiling people there. Yeah, to keep, keep going with the Disneyland metaphor, the Fauci cutout is definitely the Matterhorn of the Moscone Center, I would say. <laughs> yes. So there's a super upbeat vibe. We've been talking about that. There's also work going on there from people who've had a really tough year, people who I'm sure have had some concerns about having to go into work and, you know, do this emergency work for the city. And I felt like there were almost like, as we're getting this tour, there were two different things. Yeah. Um, the happy part is the newer part. The uh, more the sad part is what's been there since last February or March, whenever they opened it as the COVID response center. That's where tons of city workers are um, 
are doing any job you can think of that's related to the city's COVID response. And it was really sad to see a sign that uh, was posted that says this is the spot for crying. Please don't stay here for longer yeah. than 15 minutes. Yeah, I mean, I got this vibe throughout the tour that Mary Ellen Carroll was trained for this. She knows what to do, but there just aren't enough hours in the day. Um, we had a we had this. Our philosophy was, uh, or our mantra was, if we build it, they were we they will come. So essentially, um, you know, vaccine. We knew vaccine was going to start to drop. We got a goal from Dr. Colfax and. Then we were just like, okay. we went to San Mateo to look at their site. That was the first really local site. Me and Adrian, who's my deputy. And within like, within four or five days, we had City College up and running. So um, yeah, it feels, it feels great to be able to get things through. It's just such a great feeling, you know, to have freedom. And what I didn't realize in the beginning, because I haven't, I haven't felt this way because I've just been so busy. But people have felt like death, death door has been like right there. They they have felt like that has been hanging over them. And when I started hearing how people felt like you know finally breathing, finally feeling like they were going to be safe, I, it was it was so overwhelming because I like it, like I said I just have been so focused on you know like dying has not been on my mind, you know, but like just working. So I think that that is an incredible thing that um, that has affected most people who have gone through this, you know. In such a traumatic, difficult year, you know, this is the, this is the highlight and it's a miracle that we are at this place. It feels like it's been a long time, but honestly, it's happened so fast. So, yeah. Next, we headed down to a storage area. It's really the main hall at Moscone. I know this from WonderCon, but I walked in and it was really stark. It's this huge room. It's never looked bigger. No banners, no Lou Ferrigno signing autographs or people walking around in Star Wars costumes. And kind of describe this room for me, like just a lot of pallets and forklifts. and Yeah, um, it was a good reminder of how scary it was in the beginning when we didn't have the basics that we needed. Um, Mary Ellen Carroll talked a lot about how you couldn't find hand sanitizer. Um, that was such a precious commodity. So they really stocked up on just tons of supplies. And a lot of it is still there because they actually had a lot left over. Um, and so she she said they need to figure out what to do with it now. Yeah, I mean, it, it, and, and you notice walking around there, the music's off. You can't hear the music at all. It's just, it feels really empty and a little bit cold and really is a reminder that the people who are working there are working under tough conditions and making quick decisions and have really important things going on. And this is where I really get the sense that Moscone is a blessing and also a pandemic MVP. So this is a lot of our, um, so a lot of medical supplies, uh, all the pub, the PPE, and then a lot of the supplies for for the SIPs, the hotels, the INQ, um, some of the safe sleep sites and the shelters. Like it's all been managed here, mm-hmm. and um, space is such a such a commodity in the city um, that you know we could have never done this without Moscone. And in fact, you know, one of the biggest challenges now as we're doing DMOB is like, where are we going to put all this stuff? So, um, but yeah, it's the underbelly, but it's super, super critical. Right. 
I remember in the beginning, I thought for sure, like, I was like, I always thought it was going to be an earthquake and fuel was going to bring the city down. But who would have known that it was like hand sanitizer? <laughs> at some point, I was like, we're all going to shut down because of hand sanitizer. Like, even at, at the hospital and then even at 911, you know, because they are all share equipment and stuff like hand washing wasn't going to do it like you had it we were panicked seriously for a little while the hand sanitizer and then it resolved itself but that was nuts i'm gonna just carry hand sanitizer with me from now on oh yeah like, i always have it in my yeah yeah me too so. i tell heather i'm not taking the mask off like <laughs> this is this is an accessory now <laughs> yeah. that i live with so, um, oh, After our tour, we sat down with Marielle and Carol. The rest of our conversation is coming up next. We'll be right back after this short break. You missed Loma Prieta. And uh, was there a disaster in your life that stands out? Um, something that you look back at that... My entire childhood. Don't, 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 don't use that. Um, you know, my under, I, I studied Latin American studies. I actually wanted to go into international development. So I, my, my intention was to, you know, I wanted to solve problems and help people. And at the time, I don't know, emergency management was cops and firefighters, really, probably when I was you know, going into a career. And so I fell into this, and I, th- and I think that's what emergency management is. It is about problem solving, and it is about helping people. So um, I fell into something, luckily, that I didn't know existed, but kind of fulfilled, you know, my objectives of what I wanted to do with my career. Mm-hmm. And walk us back to those early days in the beginning of 2020. I know the city and you had prepared for earthquakes and plane crashes and shootings and all sorts of other disasters. But from what I've heard from a number of people, there wasn't much training on what to do if a pandemic strikes. So do you remember when you first had your, oh crap moment, <laughs> like this is going to be bad? Yeah. You know, I, because I worked for five years at the health department and, and I actually worked really closely with communicable diseases folks, not including Tomas, our Aragon, Dr. Aragon. Um, it wasn't that I, I didn't know about it, but I, I was able to kind of touch base with them to really take their, uh, you know, with Tomas in particular. And when he told me, I remember the conversation and I remember him saying like, Mary Ellen, I, I think this is, the, this is really happening. Like, I, I, I think this is the pandemic that we wished we'd never get. And so f- when I heard that from him, then I just went into action. And I remember telling my staff um, when we first activated, like we need to formally activate, that's when we prepare to do an emergency. And I, f- I feel like some people were just like not taking it seriously or not, I don't know. I, I think they were understandably and legitimately questioning why I was felt like we needed to take these steps like we didn't have any cases like similar to what you know the mayor people I think questioned the mayor and um and I would remember telling them and I was like well you know let's just do this let's get ourselves organized and if the numbers go down then we'll just you know we'll just let's just do this for a week <laughs> if you were there. <laughs> and there everyone's like okay okay and of course like you know we never we haven't stopped since then um and I remember at one point I was like, you know, this is our, this is the Super Bowl. 
Like if this is the thing, then this is it. And so the longest Super Bowl ever. Yes. And so we we have to we have to do. And I think everybody was a little bit unsure, you know, different in a way that we would be if there was a terrorist event or a natural disaster of some sort. Um, it was unfamiliar, mm-hmm. um, but everybody obviously stood up, and they haven't sat down since then. So I'm super proud of them. Not to mention all the other disasters that happened. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So then Orange the, Sky Day. the summer <laughs> was crazy, um, you know, with the George Floyd um, stuff and the civil unrest and the weather and the fires and the orange sky. And, um, yeah, and people have persevered but everybody's pretty tired yeah I can tell you that well we're sitting um in front of a bank of windows overlooking Mm -hmm. the city skyline with blue sky today so I feel like this is yeah yeah um your your entire 2020 has been managing this crisis 2021 it leaks into can you look back to like January and February and what were your plans and how did this upend it how did this change your life I mean, it changed, it's changed everything. Um, It's changed me, it's changed who I am. Um, You know, this job was hard before, it was pretty, um, but it was, you know, certainly manageable. Um, You know, it's, for me, I feel like I, I have found a resilience in myself that, I mean, I consider myself pretty resilient, but I don't really have fear of anything at this point. Like that's how it's changed me. I don't, there, there's very little that, well, except getting on an airplane probably. <laughs> I'm a little afraid of right now. But um, yeah, I found a strength in, my, in myself that um, I'm grateful for. Um, are, are you mostly feeling optimistic right now or like we're really, we've really come through it and it's just gonna get better from here or do you still worry about the variants or yeah. a surge or something else coming that we're not expecting? I feel super optimistic. Um, I'm, ca- uh, well, why don't I say cautiously optimistic? Um, this is a active disease. You can see as we sit today, India is in terrible, terrible trouble. Um, we even have some states in the US that are still struggling. So. Um, so yeah, of course my job is to be cautious, but I am optimistic and you can feel it in San Francisco. Um, I think people, we all know that we have to, we have to get back to, to our lives, like everyone and businesses need to come back and San Francisco needs to come back. I feel like maybe San Francisco you know, maybe this is a great restart for San Francisco and it can be more like when, you know, when I first, I came to San Francisco in um, 1993, um, feels so long ago. Uh, <laughs> it's like olden times um, where it was a place, the thing about that inspired me about San Francisco is that it felt like you could be whoever you wanted to be and you could do whatever you wanted to do and you didn't have to follow um you could have what I considered as a, as a like lifelong Philadelphian, like an alternate lifestyle. And, and it was, it was within reach for everyone. And I, I think we all can agree that that isn't, has, that has changed, but maybe this helps us to, and I know so many of the things that the mayor initiatives that the mayor and, and, you know, the board are supporting to, to help artists and small businesses 
you know, are maybe a silver lining that we can get that stuff going in a different way here. Yeah, I mean, that leads into I think, my last question. Um, 1918, the influenza, I dig around in the archive, and San Francisco botched it. Yeah. I mean, 1918, 1919, they did pretty well and then declared victory and threw their masks in the gutter. And then it came back, and people didn't want to look out for each other, and, um, and a lot of people died. What do you think people are going to look back at and look at San Francisco? How are we going to look at this time? And it could be 100 years from now, 20 years from now. How how are we going to look at how we did here? Well, I I don't know how we don't look back. And from from a human life perspective, that we were successful. Um, If you value human life, then you have to you have to look at what we've done and and say, you know, that we did we did the right things Um, and that it was done collectively. Um, and you know, there's other things that I think when we look back, we may say, did we make the right decision? You know, were we, did we, especially when it comes to, um, the bigger picture in San Francisco and, and the things, the, the negative impacts of what happened. But ultimately I think we've done an incredible job. The, what's been unique for San Francisco one is that I mean, the, the numbers tell the story. So you can't really compare us to almost any other. I think Seattle's the next city that's done even closely to what we've done as far as low um, mortality rates. Um, and we did it We did it as a city. You know, we didn't really bring in contractors. We all, you know, every person that is working here is a city employee, is a public servant. And I really do feel like one of the things that's been so incredible is that the city did this um, and they serve the public and the public listened. And, you know, in a, in a time when science wasn't uh, valued very much, <laughs> San Francisco followed the science. What caused you the most frustration and what are you the most proud of from this whole experience? Um, hmm. <laughs> So I think what I'm most proud of is is the lives that we've saved. And I'm so, so proud of every single um, city worker who was part of this. Um, people, you know, people came here to work every day when we were telling people to s- stay home to save your life, you know, <laughs> and um, have made, and to this day still are working seven days a week and really, looking at this as their their life's work i mean many people feel like we we know like this is our defining god i hope <laughs> you know <laughs> moment um in our careers and in our service and that has made me most um, proud i think the frustrated i will say there's you know the frustration in the beginning in particular was the lack of leadership at the federal level we were left to our own. I mean, there was not, we were out scrounging the, the, the free market to find PPE. That's not how a government's supposed to work. Um, and, you know, I think, think, thankfully, we've reached a different, thankfully, once vaccine came, we have a different set of leaders and things have, got, have improved. 
in that area. But I think that's been the hardest. Um, and also, you know, we're, we've been on our own. This is a global pandemic. It's different than an earthquake. If we have an earthquake, it'll, you know, hopefully not anytime soon as we've been saying all morning, but, you know, we'll have help. Um, people will come and, but that, that hasn't been the case. We've done this on our own. You are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Thank you to Heather Knight and our guest, Mary Ellen Carroll. Total SF is a production of The Chronicle. Our music is The Tide Will Rise by the Sunset Shipwrecks off their album Community and Cable Car Bell Ringing by eight-time champion Byron Cobb. Support Total SF in the newsroom that creates it by treating yourself to a digital Chronicle edition at sfchronicle.com slash 